the first thing you tell them to do is take a deep breath, assess the situation, and remain calm. Because if you start to panic, whoever is hurt, injured, your victim is going to sense your panic and then turn could make the situation much worse. Hello and welcome to Valley Health Check with our friends from Horizon Health. It's information that's important to you. We appreciate you logging on and and checking this out because uh, we have some special guests, of course, from Horizon Health. Aaron Frank and Horizon Health's Emergency Services Director, Samantha McCarty. Now, we've had these ladies on before. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for coming in. The last time we talked, a few episodes ago, we we chatted about the emergency room, but uh, how active it is during some seasons like the summer months and how active it's been this past summer. But we also talked about some things that Samantha usually what she sees in the ER during the summer months. But now we wanted to have the ladies back on to maybe talk about some steps regarding the ER and how to avoid the ER. Well, Samantha, I guess we'll start out. How do you know when it's time to go to the ER, uh, I guess, compared to when maybe it's not quite serious enough? Sure. There's there's definitely levels of care. Obviously, most people have a primary care physician that they see on a regular basis. This, These types of things would not generally be what you would wait for an appointment for to see your physician. Then there's what we call a walk-in clinic, urgent care. In our realm of the world, it's called our easy care clinic. Those people that are appropriate to go to those would be somebody with a fever, a cough, a cold, a vomiting and diarrhea, but you're still able to, to take fluids in, you're still able to eat, your mild dehydrations, again, still able to eat, not muscle cramping, those types of things, your strains, your sprains, maybe you think it might be broke, but you can still walk, you can still move it, nothing's out of alignment or sticking out of the skin. Um, your basic cuts where the bleeding has been stopped, mild asthma attacks, you're a known asthmatic, you're just, your rescue inhaler might just not be working enough for you, or some painful urination. Those are some things that you would go to our easy care for. Emergency care is reserved for life and limb threatening emergencies where you cannot get the bleeding to stop. You've applied direct pressure, you're still bleeding through your towel, your shirt, your bandage, you are short of breath and you have tried your rescue inhalers, you have tried uh, cool air, a fan in your face, those things aren't working, or shortness of breath related to chest pain. Your chest is crushing and you cannot get it to stop. You fell and hit your head and there is a seizure or it's the worst headache you've ever had in your life. A severe allergic reaction where your lips may be swelling, you have trouble swallowing, there's some slurred speech or facial droop or loss of balance or movement on one side of your body. Any loss of consciousness where you have passed out and woke back up and unsure of what happened. And then, of course, what I mentioned before, those broken bones where they're sticking out of the skin or they're clearly not aligned. That arm is turned the wrong way. Yes, and that's again, we hate to think about that. But, you know, by you defining both of the levels of care that should be presented as you go forward. I always have thought I do not want to go to the emergency room for something that sure. to take away from something more serious. I've always had that in my mind. And there's levels of, like you said, the easy care. And those are the folks that can say, all right, now we're at a level where you need to go to the emergency room or this is what you need to do. Is there anything else that folks can do to kind of avoid the emergency room? Safety is something that I'm constantly preaching, and that is how my role evolved into the safety side of emergency preparedness. So 
planning ahead of time. A lot of accidents happen because people are rushed. Take, for example, that weekend warrior that I talked to you about cleaning out their gutter and the ladder getting into the power line or Mm -hmm. slipping off of the ladder. That's so easy and probably so common. Right. If you just take the time to assess the situation ahead of time and think, okay, A, do I have enough time to get this task accomplished and I'm not rushing? B, looking around looking around at your surroundings, making sure that there isn't that power line, you're not using that metal next to that metal, all of the the safety features. We're very big on car seat safety with children, but also with the elderly and making sure that the car, the seat is fitted appropriately to them and the seat belt is placed appropriately around them based on their size. Do they need a pillow to elevate? I have to be honest, that's something that I do not think about a lot. And, and our elderly, they're all different sizes, obviously, but I don't think that's something that, that folks think about, but your, your seatbelt, that's what keeps you safe. It is. And if they are in a car crash, it may not be something that would cause your young, healthy body to have an arm fracture or a hip fracture, would but it very easily could harm their weaker bones. Agreed. So just Agreed. definitely checking the safety features and using the safety features that come with the equipment. I can't tell you how many times I have been in and around farm equipment and the farmer has disengaged the safety on the PTO or they've unhooked the the seatbelt off of the the UTV or they've bypassed the beeping in the car so that the (laughs) seatbelt doesn't beep. Those types of things um, are designed based off of data from our National Highway Transportation Safety Agencies to tell us this is how to be safe. And so just really paying attention to safety features. The other thing that we don't think about and it is worth mentioning is a lot of accidents involve alcohol or substance abuse. And so we are in the summer months. I know that there are evening parties and things that happen. And just remembering that it is still illegal to operate a vehicle and be intoxicated. Or you may not think that that bicycle or that motorcycle or that UTV are a vehicle. And so you get in it under the influence and bad things can happen. And you don't want to hurt yourself and you definitely don't want to hurt anybody else. And it's all preventative. You talk about the cleaning out the gutters your surroundings. It's the same thing about getting behind the wheel of a car. Plan ahead. You're going to be drinking. You're going to a party. There's Uber, Lyft, cabs. There's so many things to avoid uh, an emergency situation. One more prevention tip that I know we try to use at our house is let's just assess up front if there's any risk associated with what we're doing. And let's wait till the wife's home to do that action. <laughs> right. right? I mean, I, I, I guess, right. you know, it, right. the gutter cleaning probably needs to happen when somebody else is home because Agreed. we assess that risk, as Samantha said on the front end of that. We know that something could go south. So the proactive measure in that situation may simply be making sure somebody's home, making sure somebody's checking, making sure somebody's bringing the glass of water. I think that's what scares me is these right. people who are alone that um, don't have that that check and balance. They could, just, they could be on. dehydrated and there's no one there to say, are you drinking water? Right. Uh, you've been outside right. too long. Once again, you're listening to Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. We're speaking with Aaron Frank and Horizon Health's Emergency Services Director, Samantha McCarty, and we're talking about the ER. All right, let's just say you're in a, an emergency situation. You know it's serious. What's the next three steps a person should do in that situation? Well, I think the most important thing you can do is stay calm. The first thing people want to do is panic, and panic does not help anyone. 
So staying calm, assessing the situation. Is this something that we can take care of at home if everybody calms down? Mm -hmm. Is this something that maybe would need to just go to an urgent care or the easy care? Is this something that is 911? Do I need to dial 911? And when you do dial 911, it is very important to stay on the line with 911 because they are trained professionals that will give you advanced instructions on things you can do to help while you're awaiting the professionals. I can only imagine that there's situations where that 911 operator is trained for this, has probably diffused a situation and helped within that phone call itself. Is that accurate? I would say a lot of the times they can diffuse the situation. That's why it's important to stay on the phone. It is. They will give you advanced notifications. We talked about somebody falling off of their bicycle with their helmet on. They may tell you, don't remove the helmet. They may tell you to remove the helmet. They may tell you, are you able to get to to the victim is their power lines over the water. They may be able to tell you how to keep yourself safe. They're definitely going to help you to remain calm and they're going to aid you in helping to save the victim's life before the professionals get there. And I think aid is the perfect word to use there because that's what they're there to do to help. They're kind of like the conduit between the emergency and and then the next level once they get to the emergency room, if needed. I I think just talking about it makes me realize how important that 911 operator really is in a situation. But as the person making the call, you've got to remain calm and get through it as well. Agreed? Agreed. That's definitely a different order than I expected. I expected call 911 to be first. There's probably maybe too much of that. Well, probably because I can imagine you're probably tying up a 911 line or let's just say a scratch or maybe I, you know, I touch the stove. It's not even uh, that bad of a burn. Uh, You know, I always think it's like, oh, don't tie up that line. It's hard to determine that. Uh, I think if you're if you're that person, how severe the situation is because you might overreact. For sure, when I when I'm training staff for emergency care, the first thing you tell them to do is take a deep breath, assess the situation, and remain calm. Because if you start to panic, whoever is hurt, injured, your victim is going to sense your panic, and then turn could make the situation much worse. So if you remain calm and you've dialed 911, those dispatchers will be calm and they will talk you through. Maybe you're saying the person is bleeding a lot. So they're going to tell you to apply a bandage and then they may say, okay, now what does the bleeding look like? Well, maybe it's stopped. So it's not appropriate to call for an ambulance. Maybe it's appropriate to put them in your car and drive them to the easy care because the cut was deep enough that it might need stitches, but the bleeding has stopped. So it's something that can be handled out outside of the emergency department. One last thing that I would like to add is when you get to the emergency department, there is a level of triage that occurs. And while this may be something really bad that has happened to you today, there may be somebody else who is having something even worse happening to them today. So it could be the worst day of your life, but it's the even worse day of somebody else's life. And so you have to be patient with the staff, with the physicians, because they are going to the person who needs their help the most, the fastest. And so I always tell people, if you're having to wait in an emergency room, be thankful because you're not the sickest person there. 
That is gold words right there. And I think folks need to be reminded of that. This has been Valley Health Check from our friends from Horizon Health. We want to thank Aaron Frank and, of course, Horizon Health's Emergency Services Director, Samantha McCarty, for coming in and, and talking a little bit uh, of emergency room, some do's and don'ts and, and things to think about. Also, feel free to browse through other segments right here on MyMixFM.com. And we'd love for you to browse back and check it out. Thank you so much for joining us. If you need more information on Horizon Health, just go to myhorizonhealth.org.